works to the children of men. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. Remember, anytime that expression is used in, uh, in, the, in, with, in the succession of three, that means in the superlative degree. So I believe that God is good in the superlative degree, and it's a joy to be here. The psalmist said uh, that we need to speak of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I have lived long enough to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is a joy and a pleasure to be here at Midway. I guess the Midway congregation, those of you, there may be some that are new here, but those of you that have been here for a long time, you know how much Dixie, Big John, and I love this church. Uh, we've been connected with each other for some time now over the years. And my sweet Dixie, she, uh, she's able to be here tonight. And uh, she um, is scheduled for surgery on Wednesday. She's uh, got one eye that's been remodeled and refixed, cataract removed. She lacks one more. So right now, she is kind of seeing a little funny. <laughs> but they're going to fix that on Wednesday of this week. And so if you would remember her in, in prayers. You know, uh, let me just share something with you. I had mine done. You know, this is, this is a sign of age. I, I, the doctor told me a while back, she said, DeMar, she said, you know, uh, the female doctor, she said, she said, I need to, you're going you're gonna to soon, this was a couple of years back now, she said, you're going to one of these days, before too long, you're going to have to have this cataracts removed. I said, cataracts? I said, I've got cataracts? She said, yeah. I said, I have cataracts. She, she smiled. She said, she said, Mr. Edom, she said, anybody that lives long enough is going to have cataracts. And she said, but there's a perfect time to do this. And so I said, okay. And so a while back, she, she, she said, it's time. And I said, well, okay. And so mine, I had mine fixed in um, January, the latter part of January and the first of February. They do one eye at a time. So I actually feel like uh, one of you young guys right here. Man, I got 20-20 vision. I mean, right from right here out, it's 20-20. And I, sa- I told her, I said, wow. I said, this is good. However, right up close, I had to get some readers. She said, you don't need prescription glasses. She said, just get some readers. And I said, okay. And so she said, now here's what you do. She said, you get the readers. She said, you put them on the end of your nose like this. And she said, then you can look out here, and then when you need to look down, you can look down here. Now, I don't know about you, but you see, this kind of troubles me a bit, this look. Because I am afraid that it might make me look like Chuck Schumer. (laughs) And I want to tell you, that's the last dude on earth I want to look like. And so, really, I'm probably just going to go 20-20 on you and put them out of the way. Uh, but Dixie's supposed to get hers all fixed up on Wednesday. And, and uh, uh, right now, she said, uh, I was wearing a shirt the other day. She said, Demar, she said, that with one eye, that shirt is crimson red. Roll tide. Crimson red. She said, with my other eye, she said, it's purple. And she said, which is it? I said, well, it's kind of purple looking. It's not crimson tide. Uh, that particular shirt was from New Zealand. Uh, so right now, she's seeing different colors but uh, she's soon to have all that, all that fixed and, and fixed up. Uh, listen, you know, just before I got up, I, I prayed, which I normally do. And I said, oh God, I said, please help me tonight. 
to praise You and give You all the honor and all the praise and all the glory, You and Your Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because you see, I'm going to be talking to you about some things that really, I know this church, it's going to excite your heart. God's mighty hand has been blessing us amazingly. And we've got so much to be grateful for. You're going to see a lot of uh, things on the screen tonight that God has given us in order to do the work that we're engaged in. And we, uh, we're right on the brink of getting the things we need to really move forward. And, and when I say that, that's not to say we haven't done... Uh, Really well in our work, God, and, and, and none of the pray. Look, worst thing in the world coming in and saying, "Look what, look what we're doing." I mean, no, look what God is doing. Look what God has given us, and, and God is really great. Now, Larry has me nervous as a cat, as they say. He said that nobody had ever had a problem with this except maybe one one individual, and he said. He said that everybody that comes in like you always works it well. I said, thanks, Larry. I said, now if I get up and I can't work this, I said, man, I'm going to be in a jam. He said, DeMar, if you get in a jam, just say, next slide, next slide. But I'm hoping this thing will work for me. And listen, I'm going to have a lot of territory to cover, so I need to move forward. I do want to say something about Big John Elam being with us. Uh, me and John and I, we are tight. We are, we are hooked at the hip. He'll tell you real quickly, as he did uh, a moment ago to a good brother out there, he said, we have two peas and a pod. And, uh, but John loves to be at Midway. I've told you this before. Y'all have always been so good to him. And, um, and, and that's already been happening tonight. And I, I love y'all and appreciate you so much. Uh, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about Christ's Happy Child Haven, which is an orphanage. And, and um, oh, what God is doing through the orphanage, Christ Happy Child Haven, and then about Asian Christian University. As you will recall, we are preparing men for ministry. Uh, we established <coughs> a Philippine Theological College. It went from a college to a, a university. Uh, back when we first established it, they, uh, I, we named it Philippine Theological College. Somebody said, won't you just call it a university? I said, no, 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 we can't do that. We can't call it a university until we're qualified in every way to be recognized as a true university. I'm not going to just put a name on it. And so a few years went by and we grew up. Uh, we developed from a four-year college. And by the way, it never was a preacher training school. I don't have anything against preacher training schools. I think they're wonderful. I think they're doing a great uh, work in the brotherhood. But ours was a four-year college from day one. We offer the Associate of Arts degree. We offer a Bachelor of Theology degree. And now we offer the Master's degree. We offer the Master of Divinity degree. And now as a university, we're offering the doctorate of ministry degree. And brothers and sisters, that's an important thing. Because you see, out in where we are, we're halfway around the world. We're out in Southeast Asia, <clears throat> in the Philippines. All around us is Vietnam and Malaysia and Singapore and uh, Thailand and, and, and so forth. Uh, these people, our brothers that want to get educated, would have to come to America to get a Master of Divinity degree. And... Um, you see, you've got the master's degree, and then above that master's degree, another couple of years, you get the master of divinity degree, and then another two years after that, you get the doctor of ministry. 
For them to get that degree, they would have to come to America and spend major money. Major money to get that kind of degree. But we're offering it out there. Our prayer is that we will soon be a recognized, accredited university. We're working on that accreditation right now. And hopefully that will come uh, in the not-too-distant future. It takes time to get that uh, work through with the government and so forth. It takes a lot to become accredited. But we're working on accreditation. And uh, when that happens, I think we might start seeing people from China, from Thailand, uh, from Vietnam, and, and Malaysia, and these other places, especially Singapore, coming over to get their degree from us. But God has blessed us in this, in this area. Now, Christ Happy Child Haven uh, is, uh, is an orphanage that we're going to see some slides. You're going to see some of the children in just a minute. But I want to remind you that we're trying to teach young men to be, we're taking faithful young Filipino men, and uh, we are educating them, and we are training them, and motivating them, and we're activating them in ministry. Our emphasis there at Asian Christian Day, somebody says, what all do you teach? Bible. And what kind of degrees do you have? One. It's a Bible degree. Uh, all of it is in theology. Our sole purpose is to teach men to be gospel preachers. And now, we don't have anything against women, uh, ladies. It's not that at all. We, but listen, historically speaking, in the churches of Christ, we've, all, we've started out schools after school after school with the emphasis to tr train and educate gospel preachers. It's through the foolishness of preaching that men are saved. Listen to it again. It is through the foolishness of preaching that men are saved. We need preachers, and we need lots and lots of them. But historically speaking, look in America today, they started out just, just with preachers, and then the day they shifted and started offering some other degrees, and the women came in, nothing wrong with that kind of education. Please don't misunderstand me now, what I'm saying. Nothing wrong with that, but the emphasis changes. And where, you, where they used to graduate many gospel preachers, now two or three preachers go through the line every year, and 40, 50, or hundreds of other degrees, psychology this, and uh, scientist, engineer, you know, all kind of degrees, and just two or three Bible degrees. Brothers and sisters, I have pleaded with the board of directors over in the Philippines, and this is a Filipino school, we, 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 we established it. I was the founder. I, I was the president for a while, and now I'm getting old. I'm the chancellor, and we've got a Filipino president. But I've told the board, I said, don't ever change the emphasis. So we're preparing men for effective ministry in the Philippines and then as missionaries to go into mainland China with the gospel of Christ. God's going to open the door to China one day. And we need to be ready. We had prayed for years and years, Oh, God, open the doors to the Soviet Union. And one day, Eddie, you'll remember, overnight, the door was open and we could go. And brothers and sisters, we were not prepared. We had prayed, but we had not prepared. And we baptized, as far as I know, Marlon Rutherford, and y'all probably know old Marlon, he's a great, great Christian man. 
So far as I know, Marlon Rutherford and myself were the first two men in the churches of Christ to go into Russia and go up through northern Russia establishing new congregations. We've established congregations on the east of Russia to the west of Russia from Moscow all the way up into northern Russia, out into Siberia, even on the Sakhalin Island. We have baptized thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands in Russia. And I could go on a few more times. But I look back on those days and I wonder what could we have done had we really been prepared. We played catch up all those years because we weren't really ready. It's like, um, you know, all, all of a sudden, come on, let's go. And you go, wait, wait, we, we're really not ready. We're getting ready for China. And I am convinced that it'll not be Americans that will have the greatest impact in China when the door opens. Not trying to run America's, Americans down. I happen to be an American. But these Filipinos are Asian. And if, 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 if Eddie and I were to go into, if we were to go into China right now, I've already done this and they did this very thing. They were all over me. CIA. Man, they ask all kind of questions. They just, they automatically think you're with the CIA if you're an American. And, uh, but these, these, <clears throat> these Filipinos are Asian. They'll go all over China with nobody to bother them. They, they, won't, they won't consider them CIA or FBI or anything connected with America. <clears throat> so we need to train hundreds and thousands of young Filipino men. Filipinos are capable, capable people. And we're getting them ready for the... Listen, the day God opens... Now, there's a window of opportunity in China right now. If I was there teaching English, which we did in Russia, uh, Southern English... If, if I was there teaching, I might could have you four in my, in my apartment that night teaching you the gospel. But if I had this many over here, or this many over here at my apartment, they would arrest me. So the door, the door is not open. There's a window of opportunity in China right now. James 1.27, you want to practice pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father? You visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Listen, I went, when, we, uh, when we established the orphanage, and the reason we did that one day, Dixie, she doesn't realize how big a part she played in all of this, but we were coming into Manila, and we got, about mid, we got there about 10 o'clock, we got out in the buses about midnight, we were going through the streets of Manila, and it's 24-7 there, I mean, so many people. And Dixie looked out the bus window and down on the street were a, just a lot of children, little children. She punched me. She said, Demar, this was midnight or 12.30, somewhere about like that. And of course, it was like 2 o'clock before we got on through there because it's, it's like, oop, stop, stop. It, but she said, what are, they, what are these children out, out here this time of night? I said, oh, sweetheart, I said, those are street children. She went. It, it, just, it just really rocked Dixie. She said, Demar, some of them are five and six years old. They're so small. I said, I know. It's really sad in the Philippines. They don't have government uh, things like we do. And the Philippines is, 
is a, a place that's filled with natural disasters. Hurricanes are what they call typhoons. Mudslides, floods, fires, earthquakes. Many children are left without their parents. And so we, we went for, for a while and we, we finally decided we've got to do something. We cannot just ignore this. And so I went back and made a study of God's Word. And I just want to say tonight regarding orphans, listen to me very carefully. God means business about His little ones. And the Bible refers to them as His. You know, I, this, this is not in the Bible as such, but it, this just might happen in judgment. Jesus may look at some of us and He may say something like this, Did you not read what I said in my Word about the little ones? You didn't spend a dime helping my little ones. These children are so helpless. Listen, we have rescued... A lot of these children, you're going to see them in a few minutes. They came to us gaunt and skinny. Now they look beautiful. They look, they've got full cheeks. They've got rosy cheeks. They look healthy. They are healthy because we're providing uh, food. We're providing medical care, dental care. We're educating them. They're safe. But some of those children came to us off of the street at five years of age, six years of age. Street children. Nobody to take. Can you imagine? You're going to, I'm going to show you a little girl in a few minutes. Imagine that little girl in just a few minutes you're going to see on the street at 2 a.m. in the morning. No mama, no daddy, no brother, nobody, nobody to take care of her and protect her. <coughs> How you like that John Deere tractor? <laughs> hey, listen, we're in a third world country. And that's the way they do their farming to, the lar to a large degree. Now, they have some tractors, but they're, I guarantee you it doesn't look like anything you'd see around Jasper. And, uh, and, and, but most of it is, is what you see there. And uh, we're working in a third world culture, and uh, they are very, they're, there's some wealthy people in the Philippines. There's some rich people there, but very few. Uh, most of the population is extremely poor. Uh, here's our children living at CHC. We have, um, really we have 37 because we just took in uh, three uh, children this past, about two weeks ago. We took in three more little ones who were in desperate need, and I'll show you their pictures in a minute. Look quickly here. These are our boys. And listen, we've got a plan. We have a dream. We have a vision for every one of those little boys. Guess what we want out of them? Our campuses are joined. CHC and ACU, those campuses join. One day, our prayer, our dream is that all of those boys that you're looking at, every one of them will leave CHC, walk across the yard of campus, and go on to the other campus, go into the dormitory, and become gospel preachers to be educated and trained at Asian Christian University. That's our dream. That's our goal. And we believe, we believe that most all of them, if not all of them, will do that very thing. Here's our beautiful girls. Now, when I say this about the boys, I had a, ladies, I had a, I had a woman come up to me after I spoke, and she said, Brother Demar, I, I didn't mention it like I'd, I'm going to tonight. At that time, I, I just didn't mention it. She came up to me, she said, Brother Demar, 
she was kind of indignant. She, she said, she's sweetly indignant. She said, well, what about the girls? What's your plan for them? I said, oh. I said, sister, we've got a plan for the girls. I said, oh, from, I said, I'm sorry. I didn't make that clear. I said, we want these girls to marry these boys and be the wives of gospel preachers. She said, oh, well, that's, that's good. <laughs> she, she was satisfied with that. But that's our plan. And you know what? That or quite a bit of that will happen. I'm sure that some of that will take place. Here's our boys with their house parents, uh, girls with their house parents, wonderful house parents uh, that we have working there. Here's all of the children together with their house parents. The lady on the left, she used to be with us. She is a member of the church. She's a social worker, has her degree and, and so forth. But her husband moved to Manila and we lost her. We now have a lady that uh, is not a member of the church, but because we've got to have a social worker, we couldn't find a member of the church, so we got we went ahead and hired her. But guess what? We're going to do. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to convert that woman. <laughs> we we're working on her. Everybody on the campus is working on her to convert her to Jesus Christ. And so our social worker, we hope I'll be able to soon say in a newsletter that she has obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, here we're transferring funds. Uh, back in 2018, God blessed us. We had 5.7 acres, and by the way, Midway, y'all helped us get those acres and, 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 and build what is on there today, and you're going to see that in a minute. Uh, you're going to see a lot of things that God has given us, the material things that we need to do the work. But um, we needed uh, 15.5 acres. Well, we were looking at some land, and I'll show it to you in a minute, but it's 15.7 acres. If they knew Americans were involved, they asked of, uh, they were trying to rip us off. Bottom line, they were trying to rip us off. Uh, they wanted to put a skin tax on there, you know. And uh, so we, uh, we just waited, and, and God opened the door. Uh, that 15.7 acres was behind our property, joining our property. So God just took it and gave us the land joining our property going this way. 15.5 acres of land, and here we're transferring the funds uh, to, the, uh, to the farmers where we bought the land. Uh, here's the owner signing the bill of sale. We have school uniforms for our little ones, not because they are at CHC, but the school, public school, requires them to wear uniforms. Uh, here's our newest girl. Uh, well, she was our newest girl until last week. I, I need to, I'll, I'll have to update that as far as her being the newest because we just had uh, two little girls that came in, and I'm going to show you their picture in just a moment. But look at her. <laughs> if that doesn't touch your heart, and, and, and listen, can you imagine that child, that child being out on the street alone? <clears throat> no mother, no father. This is our newest boy. This is Arnel Amanito. He and his family are over the sponsorship program. He's the second best student we've had, the best scholar, the second best scholar we've had go through our uh, university. A very brilliant young man. Sings, oh, can he sing? Beautiful singer. Our little ones sing and they pray and they go to chapel every day. We're bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord to the very best of our ability. Now, you'll notice that all of them seem to be fairly small, and that's on purpose. That's intentional. Uh, teenagers, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but we don't accept teenagers normally. There'd have to be some kind of special circumstance that we would accept a teenager. You say, well, why is that? Well, 
let's just be honest. <clears throat> a teenager might come in to CHC uh, already smoking, drinking, cursing, maybe sexually active already. So what we like to get is five, six-year-olds, four to six, seven, somewhere right in that, in that age bracket, so we can bring them up. that they don't, they don't have all this going in their lives yet, and we want to show them the right way. We want to bring them up in a, in a family environment where they sing and they pray, and these little ones you're looking at, they stand and they quote. In Ephesians, the first chapter is so cute. They, they quote scriptures. Uh, they're trained and educated and taught in the Word of God. Uh, here's our children. They have bright futures. They are excelling in the public school. Now, you know one of the reasons they are excelling? At the university, we have a beautiful library. But in that library, there's a library within a library. There's a room that you can go to and you walk in, and it's for our little ones. The chairs, the tables, the books, everything's designed for them. So when they go to school, they come home, they get a refreshment in the afternoon, and then they go down to the library and they go into, their, into the room that is designed for them, and then we have tutors come in and tutor them in their studies. The public school teachers have told our, our uh, house parents, how are your children so smart? They're just making, they're winning all the awards academically. And uh, so we're educating them and training them. And, of course, if they stay with us until they are adults, we hope that they will have high school and college education provided for them. Uh, this is Annalisa. She is a, just a brilliant, brilliant young girl, just so smart and intelligent. She just knocks the top out of any kind of test they give her. And here's Alvin. Alvin wants to become a gospel preacher. Little Alvin, you're looking at little Alvin. He, he was the first child we accepted into Christ's happy child haven. And Alvin, right today, he will tell you, he's a little older than that particular picture right now. He's just a little bit taller than that now. They grow every day, it seems like. And, uh, but Alvin will tell you, I'm going to be a gospel preacher. And by the way, when they told me his name, I said, what's this little boy's name? They said, Alvin. I said, what did you say his name was? They said, Alvin. I said, tell me his name again. They said, Alvin. I said, man, fantastic. Listen, some of their names are that long. And I said, Alvin the chipmunk. I said, I can always remember Alvin's name. But some of their other names are like really a challenge. And they'll have five names. I mean, seriously. Not three, but five. And so uh, you never know really what to call them sometimes. Uh, here's our signage for the orphanage. Uh, here's our girls again. I'll let you look at them real quickly. Uh, here's our house parents, wonderful Christian people. Uh, these, uh, these house parents are doing a marvelous, marvelous job. I spoke in Dalton, Georgia, back at the end of, the, uh, of last year. Uh, it was down toward the end of the year. This, is, this happened back... Uh, they were in September, down, down in the September time frame. I spoke at Dalton, Georgia, and I told the people over there, I said, you see, Dalton was overseeing the work at that time. Now, Hoover in Birmingham has taken the oversight of the work. But at that time, I told Dalton, I said, let me tell you all, I said, it won't be long until some of our girls are going to be baptized. I said, because they, they came to us a little older than the boys. We just had some girls that were older. And so this was on a Sunday. Let me tell you, right now, it's Monday in the Philippines. It's already Monday over there. They are a day ahead of us. 
And so while I was speaking, I told him, I said, and that one of these days soon, well, by the time I got home on Monday, I had gotten word that seven, the seven you see there, those seven girls were baptized into Christ. Now listen to me. Every dime that has been expended, all the effort and energy and everything that's gone into this paid for itself that day. And now we've just got others. Our young, I'm going to say to y'all here at Midway, some of our young boys are now right on the border. They're coming in, and we're not baptizing them until they're ready. They've got to be converted and, and educated and understand what they're doing before we do that. But, but they're going to, you'll hear soon some of our young boys are also obeying the gospel. Here's the boys' house. Uh, and you'll see uh, this is the administration building. This is a sign. Very beautiful campus. If you'll look at those bushes and flowers, they flower out. Uh, some of them are already out there. Just a very beautiful campus that God... Look at the physical things that God has given us. Those are, those are nice structures. Those are nice buildings that we uh, have to operate in. All right, now I've got to switch over here and get my little pointer. This is really important for you to see. I hope well, I can outline this. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Okay. Murphy's Law... Not going to work. It was working just a minute ago. But anyway, let me, let me, you see those red buildings at the top of the picture? All of those red roofs are a Asian Christian University and CHC. The three buildings on the top right, at the top of there, that's the, that's the orphanage. All these front buildings and coming around to the left, and you, you, if you'll see that line right there, that's a wall. And then you'll see behind the, the red roof, that, that, that line look, it looks like a hedgerow or something. That's a wall fence. And that's our property, 5.7 acres. But now, if you'll come down and... Uh, boy, I wish this thing would work. Okay. You see that green patch right down here below? And, and, and if you follow that green patch around the top of it, there's a road there. And you see, you come around here and you see that road, come all the way down to the bottom of the screen, go down that road, go all the way out. You see that green patch out in the middle of that field? Just past that, our property line comes back up there to the green patch. Everything inside that belongs to Asian Christian University and Christ Happy Child Agent. God gave us 15.5 acres. You know how much money we owe on that? Nothing. Because people like you open their hearts and open their checkbooks and their wallets and, and, and we had the money to pay for that land. Right now, we are building just above that green patch. Up, we're, 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 uh, the surveyor was in there this last week and we've marked off 5.5 acres which will be the new campus for Christ Happy Child Haven, the orphanage. And then the rest of the land will be the university land. So uh, we have a house that's almost built, and you're going to see it in just a few minutes, almost built, that it's almost completed, will, will be completed uh, at the latter part of this month or the 1st of July. It'll house 32 children. And, uh, uh, and we're building, uh, I understand what the president means when he said build that wall, build that wall. Uh, let me tell you why. 
We've got to have a wall fence. You cannot be in a third world country without a wall fence. If you don't have a wall fence, and we've had this happen already, and our president, who is a practicing attorney as well, he drove them off the land. They'll come in and squat. Squatters will come in on the land if there's no fence there. And if you say something to them, they'll say, well... I mean, it blows my mind. It blows yours. They say, well, nobody was using it. It wasn't, it wasn't fenced in. And, and so we can use it. You know, it don't work that way, you know. But what you, once you put up a wall fence, hey, they'll respect it. They'll say, oh, that's being used. And they'll go down the road and squat somewhere else. But if you don't have a fence, you're in trouble. Well, Junus, our president, Junus Segurit, Junus called and he said, they call you Sir Demar. He said, Sir Demar. We're in trouble. We've got to get that wall fence. Well, the wall fence that goes around, the, we call it the perimeter fence, was $70,000. And then uh, the wall, we've got to have an interior fence around the orphanage inside the perimeter fence. So there'll be a fence on the perimeter. There'll be a fence inside that perimeter fence. We've got to protect our little ones. We've got to protect our students. We've got to also protect our possession or our property because we want to build buildings ourselves and, and things of this nature. Once they start building something, those squatters, then you've got legal problems of getting them off. Big legal problems. So here's, what I, here's, what I, here's where we are. Uh, we ra we've raised $50,000 for that perimeter fence. I lack about $20,000. Actually, I think it's just, just below the 20 mark. Uh, not 24, but just below somewhere like... 18.5 or something like that, that I've still got to raise for the perimeter fence. And I need your help. The children need your help. The students need your help. Uh, this is uh, something that we really do need to get done. Now, the house that, you, that I was talking about, it cost $72,000. And I'm happy to tell you it's all paid for. Wonderful people like you pay for. You know, I'm reminded of this story. I got a big kick out of it. It said the preacher, they, there was a congregation here in the state somewhere. I, I don't know where, but I, I heard this not long ago. And they were building, they were expanding. They were building this, uh, the, adding on to their building at a, a, a good sum of money, you know, big, a big sum of money. And so the preacher, the local preacher, he got up and he said, I got news. He said, I want to tell everybody. He said, we've got all the money we need for the addition. And members went, whoa, oh, and started punching. He said, man. And he said, and, 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 and so he said, now some of you may be wondering where it came from or where it is that we've got that. He said, he said, we've got it all. We've got all that we need. He said, of course, it's in your checkbooks, but we've got all we need. They said, boo, hoo, 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 hoo. you know, <laughs> but listen, we're not going to take anything with us, folks. And we need to use our wealth that God has given us. We need to be good stewards. And so I'm not embarrassed or ashamed. I'm not bashful about standing here at Midway and saying, please help us. Help us raise that 18.5 on that perimeter fence so we can get that taken care of. Now, we've got security guards to get in our property 24-7. ISIS is over there. Al-Qaeda is over there. And... In any culture of people, you've got some wicked, sinful people who would like to molest or harm those children. And so we've got to get those fence, that we've got to get that walled fence built. And I'll show you more of that right now. We're going to go ahead. Here's, a, here's one of our groups in there that, by the way, 
I was just telling Eddie, we just finished this, this last week uh, a medical evangelism mission. Twenty-seven were baptized. We waited. Uh, we, we, we took care of the medical needs of 417 people. Twenty-seven were baptized. The follow-up work is going on. I told Eddie that, that number of baptisms will go on up into, into the 30s or 40s in the next few days because we're doing follow-up studies now. And a new congregation was established at Dasal, Pangasinan, in the Luzon region of the Philippines. This means we have established 50 new congregations. And we've got our preachers are, are, are servicing all of these congregations uh, every Sunday. Um, and so this is your fruit. You just, midway, you just had 27. That's the conservative figures. As I said, it's already changed, I'm sure, already. Yesterday was Sunday, and they were preaching there at this new congregation. That number is going to be up. But that's your fruit. In the open-door ministry that you've supported all these years, we have baptized more than 15,000 souls into Christ. We've baptized 3,179 souls in the Philippines alone. And we've established 50 congregations there alone, 129 new congregations worldwide. And so this is, uh, this is your fruit, and God bless you for it. Uh, here's America, and the, our little orphans love to be of uh, the attention. Here's a medical evangelism team. I might have to pick up speed to finish here. Here's a mother that's got medical care for her child. Uh, here is the uh, dining hall. Uh, this is the safest building on our campus. It was built with typhoon in mind, extra rebar, strappings, and et cetera, et cetera, things that... That, that, that help it make it. It's the safest building we have. This is a sponsorship program. It takes $260 a month to sponsor a student. But those that sponsor a student, not only are you sponsoring a student to get his education to be a, a gospel preacher for the next 50 years of his life, but you're also providing preaching because uh, for some one, two, or three congregations, he'll go out every Sunday and preach the gospel. So you, if you were to sponsor a, a student, you would be sponsoring uh, uh, him to get his education, to be a preacher, and you'd be sponsoring uh, some congregations. Like I say, anywhere from one to three congregations, you would be providing preaching for them every Sunday that rolls around. And uh, so we're very grateful for... Uh, we just had, we just had uh, ten men come in, ten new students. That's 2600 a month that, that I need to raise to cover those expenses. Here's one of our students. These are outstanding young men. His name is Dexter. We didn't misspell that. We do have a Dexter, but this is Dexter Estepito. Uh, here's, here's five of our young men that just came in. And here, uh, listen, souls are being saved. Uh, confessions are being made. Uh, this is Sandara. Uh, she had faith, trust, and obedience. Now, she has in her life joy, peace, and happiness. Listen, she was lost without God and without hope in this world. And now she's been washed. She's been sanctified. She's been justified. She's been redeemed, bought back by the blood of the Lamb. Here's a, now, these young ladies, that's not our, our children at the orphanage. That's from one of the villages. Uh, Arnell is a great personal worker, and he baptized them. Look at this little fellow. I remember back... Uh, we, this, he had this surgery a while back. He had two surgeries to correct that. A child like that in the Philippines will go nowhere economically. They will not get a job 
having a cleft palate. They just they just say no 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 and no. But he doesn't look that way anymore because of sweet, wonderful people like you who again open their hearts and their and their love and paid for the surgeries. And this little fella here, his was really bad. I, it took three surgeries, but they don't. Neither one of those children look like that. And that's the kind of work we're doing. Let me tell you something. Midway, you are involved in a good work. The open door ministry, we're doing a good work and not saying it boastfully, but God's mighty hand is blessing us in the things that are happening. Here's four of our precious girls. Uh, they are so grateful and thankful for all the care they're getting. Here's some more of our signage for the campus. Now look at that little girl right there. That little girl right there, can you imagine her being on the street at 2 a.m. in the morning alone? No mama, no daddy, no brother, no sister. Nobody to protect her and to care for her until the sun comes up the next day. She doesn't have to worry about that now. She lives at Christ Happy Child Haven. We, are, we have rescued so many of these sweet little ones. Now, here's some of our boys. Now, if a, the Filipino children, if a picture's worth making, they're going to pose. They do this. They, they pose. But you're looking at four future gospel preachers. And, and this guy right here, he's probably going to be one of the great gospel preachers of, uh, of the future. Uh, these are future preachers you're looking at. Here's the motor pool. Um, perhaps Midway helped us to buy some of these vans uh, for our orphans and for our students. This is what they travel in. This is like a public bus. You see these everywhere uh, in every city of the Philippines. And you see these Filipino tricycles. You just think, Disney World, Six Flags Over Georgia, you guys, y'all haven't lived yet, you know. Just go get in one of those and get out in traffic. You talking about, you talking about a, 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 a surge of adrenaline? <laughs> you, had, you, had, you had done nothing on, at, at, at Disney World. Uh, they, there are a million of those out there, and here's how they drive. Very orderly. I mean, every which way. I mean, they, Dixie says, I marvel. She said, how do they just keep from killing themselves? Because it is, I don't know how they do it. They said, you want to drive? I said, no, I wouldn't try that at all. We raise our own rice. They eat rice for breakfast, lunch, and supper. If you carry them to the Jollibee, which is a takeoff on McDonald's, it's a Filipino place, but the Jollibee restaurant, and you say to the child, said, you want a hamburger and some french fries? They say, no, 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 no. Hamburger, please, and uh, rice. They serve rice. They serve french fries, but the kids don't eat it. They want rice. They eat rice three times a day. We have our own rice fields. We raise our own rice. We have about a hundred bags, and they come up to about here on me, not my waist, but about this high and about that wide, full of rice. Uh, we have two crops a year. Uh, here's uh, Alvin getting you some clothes from Montgomery, Alabama, by the way. Uh, here's four future gospel preachers you're looking at. Uh, Alvin thinks he's a superstar. Notice he's got Superman on his shirt. He's everywhere around the campus. Everybody loves Alvin. Uh, here's our youngest girl. Can you imagine that child? I mean, it blows my mind. On the street? Alone? With nobody to take care of her? I mean, you know, they just don't have the, 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 the care. Now, here's the, our existing girl's house, but the new house that's being built is larger than this one. It was built for seventy-two thousand. Here she is saying, "Please build me a house." Yet, yeah, and we and right now, 
I, uh, by the way, I hadn't mentioned this. I've got to raise another 75000 because the seventy-two has gone up about $3,000 since we built the other one. But we've got to have a second house on the campus. So I'm in the process of not only raising the eighteen five, but now I've got to raise $75,000. Oh, let me, oh, I, I need to tell you. Somebody just donated 5000 so that's down to 70000 again. Uh, so we've got to raise 70000 for that second house. Uh, we're going to have that, that number's obsolete. We'll be able to care in not, not too distant future for 130 children, 130 orphans. Um, this little boy right here, he, it's interesting to me, he's holding his hip. That wasn't intentional in the picture. But that little boy came to us and his parents were dead. Uh, an extended relative, uh, cousin down the line a long way, was taking care of him, decided he needed punishing. Boiled a pot of water and poured that boiling water over that boy's hip all the way down his leg. Third degree burns uh, all the way down from his hip, his, all around his hip and down his leg. Now, that little fellow, he don't have to worry about that ever happening to him again because he lives at Christ's happy child haven. Here's the house parents. I want you to look at that little girl's face. I want you to realize that most all of them look like that. They, they, the Filipinos, boys and girls, they, they, their eyes, they look like deer. Deer are so beautiful, the deer eyes, and they've got eyes that are like deer eyes. And there she is. My Dixie, let me tell you something. She, got, she just rolled her eyes and told me. But I, I am so blessed to have a missionary wife like I have. That Dixie, you give her her Bible... And a, and a bottle of Gatorade as pictured there. We're getting ready to go down the street in the Philippines from house to house, door to door. And Dixie, Dixie's loved by the ladies. She teaches ladies' classes. She is a great... I tell people she's the missionary in our family. I'm really a blessed man to have had her. I, I'm, I think I've, I've dealt with most of that for you. Uh, uh, let's see here. This is one of the gates. This gate is being removed and replaced. We couldn't get the fire trucks in there. So we're putting a new gate there in that place. Uh, I basically talked to you. We're teaching our young men. We're st- st- I, I say this. We don't need more preachers. And somebody says, boy, I can't believe DeMar Elam just said that. We don't need more missionaries. They go, what? What did he just say? What we need is more effective preachers and more effective missionaries. Now, that's what we need. And we need lots of them. Well, that's what we're instilling. We're instilling in our young men the word effective. In fact, if he was standing here, one of our young men, you ask him, what are you going to be? He would say, he would do this. He would, he would raise up. He would say, I'm studying to be an effective gospel preacher and an effective missionary. They use that word, and it's with intention. I want you to look into her eyes and then think 130, 130. That's where we're going to try to go with our, our, our care, at least in these, in these years, in the next two years, to try to get to that point there. But without your help, these little ones like this would not, they would be on the street. I think that was it. And um, I was thinking there was one other major point. And, I, I, you know, I, 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 the slide, we probably used the... the um, I had two on there. I had put a slide in there. We just bought, we just bought, let me just tell you about it. We just purchased six motorcycles. 
And those motorcycles are used to, to take our, we got sidecars on those. And uh, there we, we had them for 10 or 12 years, and they just worn out. So we, we had members like you that bought the motorcycles. They're all paid for. They were used in the medical mission deal. And um, the, um, um, the thing is about the, those motorcycles will go another 10 or 12 years. And then I didn't get to show you the house. It was not in there. The, the house is almost complete. Uh, it's got the roof on it. Uh, the house will be uh, completed, as I said, at the end of this month or the 1st of July. It's already paid for. So let me wrap this up by saying this. God bless you. You can see, and, and, and there's so many other things that we don't have time to get to. The time's already gone, so I've got to stop. And uh, I thank you for your kind attention. And, uh, but we need your help financially. Um, uh, it, takes, it takes funding. It takes finances to be able to go and to do all of this work and to get it accomplished. Uh, we, we need to build that second house. Uh, but right now, what I need most desperately, what the children and the students and everybody involved need most desperately is to build that wall. We, we lack about 18.5. So if y'all can help, if you've got some discretionary funds, you elders, uh, that you can help us with that. We've got to get that 18.5. We've got to get that perimeter taken care of. And let me tell you about the interior fence. The interior fence is going to be expensive as well. It's going to be a wall fence inside that fence. But a elder and his wife in Nashville, Tennessee, at the uh, Nashville Road Church of Christ, uh, the Watsons, uh, Jerry and Pat, uh, when I was up there speaking, Jerry said, Demar, we've got to protect our little ones. I said, I know. I know. We've got, to get that, we've got to get that perimeter fence, and we've got to build that interior fence. He said, Pat and I will pay for the interior fence. He said, you go raise the money for the outside fence. I'll put, we'll pay for the uh, interior fence. And that's the kind of commitment, that's the kind of love and dedication that has made all of this happen. Wonderful people. I, I, I can't, every night I thank God for people like you who made all of this happen. And we're just beginning. See, if we can get this accomplished, then the, I believe in 2020 we'll be able to do so much with the physical blessings that God has given to us. There may be somebody here tonight that needs to become a Christian. There may be a father here today's Father's Day. There may be a father here that, that's not a Christian. And maybe this would be an ideal time for you to become a New Testament Christian. God loves you as much as any Filipino, any uh, Russian, uh, any Chinese uh, and some of these other countries that uh, so many places where we preach the gospel. Some 41 countries around the world you've been involved with uh, in many, many places. But God loves you. Sometimes members of the church see this and they say in their minds and their hearts, you know, I haven't, I haven't been doing what I need to do. And I need to just ask God to forgive me and I need to do more. So if you have a, a need like that, that's the beauty of, of, of God loves us. Christ loves us. Christ died for us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So if you're subject to the invitation, we want to ask this young man to lead us in a song for your encouragement while we stand.